1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: No one will get into heaven with someone else's oil. What do you mean? You can't borrow someone else's relationship with Jesus Christ. You will not get into heaven because your mom and dad are Christians. And they drag you to church every Sunday. You will not get into heaven because your spouse is a devout Christian. You will not get into heaven because your grandfather was a pastor No, you need your own relationship with Jesus Christ.
1: You are responsible for your own salvation. One day, each person will stand before the Lord. Each person's faith will become evident. His faith will become sight. Today, Pastor Dan's message gives a warning that you can't enter into heaven on someone else's coattails. Your entrance will be determined by your own faith in Christ. There will be no one else to blame for losing the promise of eternity with the Lord. Believe in Christ today and accept His righteousness. The choice is yours to make. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 7 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: On the sand, amoros, that's dumb to build your house upon the sand, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So the wise man obeys Jesus, the foolish man does not obey Jesus. This parable here contrasts the wise and the foolish, or the believer and the unbeliever. Believers will be prepared when the Lord Jesus Christ comes. Unbelievers will be unprepared. Look at verse 3. Those who were foolish, and he's going to tell us why they were foolish, they took their lamps, and they took no oil with them. But the wise took oil, and their vessels with their lamps. Now it doesn't say the foolish ran low on oil. it says they took no oil. They had no oil. That's why they're fools. That's why they're morose. That's why they're dumb. It's dumb to not have oil for your lamp, especially because you know the bridegroom will come soon and you will need oil. So it's just dumb. Now, oil in the scriptures is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The foolish have no oil for their lamps. They do not have the Holy Spirit and therefore are not believers. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says, Those who do not have the Spirit of Christ are not his. They do not belong to Jesus Christ. Every true believer in Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 says, because you are his children, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. So we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, if you're a believer. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 says, when we believed on Jesus Christ for salvation, we were sealed by the Holy Spirit. So every believer has the Holy Spirit in them. And in the scriptures, we're commanded to be filled with the spirit, be led by the spirit. And to walk in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is really the key to our readiness. We are ready and stay ready through the power of the Holy Spirit. And here in this parable, five of the bridesmaids had oil. Five had no oil. And the five who had no oil were not true believers. But please note, they have lamps. Don't miss this. They had lamps. So they kind of looked like they were ready. They kind of looked like they were prepared for the bridegroom to come. They kind of looked the part, but they had no oil, and they were unprepared when the bridegroom came. A person, listen, a person may profess Christ. They may be religious. They may attend church regularly and faithfully. They may carry a Bible and sing Christian songs, and serve, and do many Christian things, but not be a wise bridesmaid. They may not be a true believer. They may not be born again by the Spirit of God. And Jesus said, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Remember, Jesus warned about the wheat and the tares that grow up together in the same field, and the tares look very similar to wheat, but they're not wheat. The tares do not possess any grain, any seed, any fruit. And Jesus said that the weed and the tares will continue to grow alongside each other until the time of harvest or until the time of judgment. And he was talking about true believers and false believers growing alongside each other, the saved and the unsaved together. And sadly, there are many people who are like the foolish bridesmaids in this parable. There are churches filled with unprepared, unrepentant, unsaved people who profess to know Jesus, but are not ready to face him. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus said to the church in Sardis, you have a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. The church in Sardis thought they were alive, but they were actually spiritually dead and they didn't know it. They were dead and deceived into believing they're alive. They were like the foolish bridesmaids here who, they've got lamps. They look like they're ready. They look like they're prepared for when the bridegroom comes, but they're unprepared for the bridegroom to come. Now there are a few things that Jesus says in this parable that are kind of like unusual twists in the story that would grab the attention of the disciples. One twist in the story is that five of the virgins or five bridesmaids had no oil at all. If you were a disciple in the first century listening to this, your ears would perk up. Five have no oil at all. In first century Israel, oil was such a frequently used commodity. It was probably the most used commodity. It was used every single day and every single night by everyone. So no one would ever forget to bring oil or have No oil at all, much less five people at the same time who are all in the same wedding party together. No way that that would ever happen. It would be like five of you here today forgetting your cell phone. (laughs) I suspect there's probably not one of you that forgot your cell phone today. Certainly not five of you that unintentionally forgot your cell phone. In the ancient world, you were never without oil because it was so essential for everyday life. But in this parable, five bridesmaids have no oil. Half the bridesmaids have no oil. This is not a matter of forgetfulness. This is a matter of neglect. It's a matter of willful Neglect. They knew the bridegroom was coming soon. They knew he was coming any day. They knew he would likely come at night and they would need oil for their lamps. But they didn't bother to prepare themselves and get ready. That's why they're foolish. That's why they're dumb. Because they knew the bridegroom would come. And listen, please give me your attention. Every one of us will see Jesus face-to-face, either by rapture or by death. But we will all stand before him one day. And we don't know when that day will be, but that day will come for each of us. It's guaranteed. And there are some things you just don't put off. Putting off a decision for Christ is foolish. It's dumb. Because you don't know what the future holds for you. You don't know when that day will come for you. You don't know when your number will be called. And you could find yourself standing before Jesus Christ today. Or tomorrow. And so you should prepare yourself. You should be ready. You know the day is coming sooner or later. So don't neglect getting yourself ready. That's just foolish. That's just dumb. To not be ready for that. And the first thing you do to be prepared for seeing Jesus Christ is you get saved. You surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And then after you're saved, you purify your life. So that when he appears, you're ready. I mean, Can you imagine a wedding where the bridesmaids and the groomsmen decide to just not get ready for the wedding? Where they didn't care enough for the bride and the groom to get ready and 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 put on their bridesmaid dress, or put on their suit or their tuxedo, and, and they just show up at the wedding in their pajamas? How do you think the bride and the groom would feel if half the wedding party disregarded the wedding and neglected to get ready? How do you think the Lord Jesus Christ feels when people are indifferent about his wedding day that is coming soon, and are neglecting to get ready for it? Look at verse 5. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. The bridegroom was delayed. He didn't come when they thought he would come, and they fell asleep while they were waiting for him to arrive. From a human perspective, and that's important, from a human perspective, Jesus has delayed his coming for his bride, the church. From a human perspective. Many have thought the rapture would have happened by now. I'm glad that Jesus waited until I got saved, right? But now that I'm saved, what's the holdup? Let's go. (laughs) Hebrews 10.37, listen, Hebrews 10.37 says, he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Jesus does not delay. He does not tarry. Jesus has not delayed his coming for his bride. It may seem like it to us as we're waiting for and longing for our bridegroom to come to take us to his father's house in heaven to be with him, but he hasn't delayed his coming. Jesus doesn't tarry.
1: We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City Act.
2: We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website. At calvaryec.com.
1: What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth.
2: You know, sometimes you hear Christians say that, or you hear pastors say that, if the Lord tarries, He doesn't tarry. Hebrews ten thirty-seven says, He doesn't tarry. So don't say that. Don't say it around me, at least. Verse 6 says, And at midnight, remember I said they send the son, the father sends the son in the middle of the night at an hour you least expect. At midnight, and he comes with shouts, right? At midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose. Remember, they fell asleep while they were waiting, and they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Those who had no oil were not prepared when the bridegroom came. They weren't ready, and they asked the wise bridesmaids to share their oil. But the wise bridesmaids said, no, go buy some for yourself. Listen, no one will get into heaven with someone else's oil. What do you mean? You can't borrow someone else's relationship with Jesus Christ. You will not get into heaven because your mom and dad are Christians. And they drag you to church every Sunday. You will not get into heaven because your spouse is a devout Christian. You will not get into heaven because your grandfather was a pastor. No, you need your own relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to be born again. You. You need to repent of your sins and have saving faith in Jesus Christ, personally, individually. You have to have your own oil. You can't borrow someone else's oil to get in. In First John chapter 5, John says, God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Every person either has the Son and has life, or does not have the sun, and does not have life. You have the oil, or you don't have the oil. Look at verse 9 again. The wise bridesmaids who had oil told those who did not, go buy some oil for yourselves. This is another one of those twists in the story that would have grabbed the attention of the disciples. It's midnight. There's no place open to go buy oil. They didn't have 24-hour grocery stores like we do today. For the five foolish virgins who had no oil, when the bridegroom came, it was too late for them to get oil. There's nothing they could do at this point. You know, First Corinthians fifteen fifty two tells us when Jesus comes for his bride and the rapture happens and we're all caught up to meet the Lord in the air, it says it will happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And that word moment there in the Greek, it's the Greek word Adam, from which we get atomic And the word it means literally indivisible, indivisible. It's a moment of time that is so short, it's indivisible. You can't divide it. It's instantaneous. The rapture of the church will be instantaneous in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, will be caught up into the presence of Jesus Christ. And so for the person who thinks, well, when the rapture happens, then I'll say a quick prayer and get right with God. No, you won't. You'll not have the time to do that. When Jesus Christ comes for his church, those who are not ready when he comes will be left behind. Look at verse 10. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. Underline the phrase, those who were ready went in. Those who were ready went in. Those who are ready when Jesus comes will go in with him to the wedding, to the marriage supper of the Lamb in the Father's house. You don't know the hour, you don't know the day. He's coming at an hour you do not expect. And only those who are watching and ready when he comes will go in with him to the wedding. And so if Jesus came today, are you ready? Would you be among those who go in with him to the wedding or would you be among those who are unprepared and left behind. Notice at the end of verse 7 those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. This is another plot twist in the story. Jewish weddings, as I mentioned earlier, they lasted for seven days, and the door was never shut during a Jewish wedding. The door remained open the whole time. Late comers to the reception could always come into the reception, but not with the marriage supper of the Lamb. Those who are not ready when Jesus comes for his church will be left behind and the door will be shut, much like the ark that Noah built. Once Noah and his family entered the ark, it says, God shut the door of the ark and those that were outside couldn't get in. It was too late. The door is open now, but it will be shut then and many will not be ready when Jesus comes. Look at verse 11. Afterward. The other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. How frightening for these foolish bridesmaids. They want into the wedding, but without oil. They want the bridegroom to just let them in. And they beg, but to no avail. And the bridegroom says, I don't know you. I can't imagine more terrifying words to hear from the lips of Jesus Christ on that day than, I don't know you. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. He goes on, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Jesus said there will be many on that day who will say, Lord, Lord, let us in. And Jesus will say, I don't know you. Listen to this warning from Jesus in Luke chapter 13. He says in Luke 13, strive to enter through the narrow gate. He says strive. That means it requires effort, work. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Like the foolish bridesmaids here. They're seeking to enter. They want to enter. They want to be there. But they're not able. He goes on and says, When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you and where you're from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence. and We took communion at church. And you taught in our streets. We heard a bunch of Bible studies. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you and where you're from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. Do you know Jesus? But more importantly, does Jesus know you? Do you have a relationship with him? On that day, will he recognize you and say, I know you. Come on in. Or will he say, I don't know you. But Lord, I, I went to church every Sunday. Lord, I, I listen to all these Bible studies and I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know you. I don't even know where you're from. I don't know anything about you. Is there a relationship? And that brings us to our final verse for today and the lesson of this parable. Remember I said parables usually have one lesson, one takeaway. And Jesus tells us the lesson of this parable in verse 13. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Watch therefore, that's the lesson. Watch therefore, be alert, be ready. Because you don't know when Jesus is coming. And you don't want to be caught Unprepared. We want to be prepared so that we can be confident when Jesus appears. We want to be watching for him to come. We want to be ready for him to come. We want to be doing his work on this earth while we're waiting for him to come. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Jesus, that one day you are coming back for us. And Lord, I pray that you would find all of us watching and ready and busy about your business when you come for us. Lord, I pray that we would all live every day like it might be the day that we see you face to face. Lord, I pray for those here, Lord, that maybe don't really have a relationship with you. Lord, that they would open their hearts to you today. Lord, I pray for those who maybe put off that decision. Lord, that they would not continue to be foolish, but they would be wise and make a decision for you. Lord, I pray for those that just aren't ready. Maybe we have things in our lives, Lord, that we would be ashamed of if you came today and found these things. We would repent of those things today, Lord. We pray that your Holy Spirit would help us. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May cause his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you this week, and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: He asked me how I am truer than
1: the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on for Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience, right here on Ring of Truth.
3: I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and them. Well, I know because I know His voice and it only takes